When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The slump has come. What does it mean for the Philadelphia Flyers? We're going to talk with Colin Newby of the Hockey Writers. Talk about how this season has fared so far for the Flyers. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 130 of Orange and Backcheck, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, a guy that is still getting used to Daylight Savings Time, thanks to not himself, but thanks to his children not being used to it already. Scott Weinhardt, what's going on, brother? Actually, let me let me correct you on that. It's not daylight saving time anymore. It's standard time. Oh, okay, whatever. You know, this is so why the thing is stupid. They have a hard time adjusting to standard time. And here's my beef with this. Would they just leave the frigging crap alone? Like, can we just stay on standard time, please? Can we not flip the switch and go to daylight saving time in the spring? I don't understand it. Oh, it doesn't get dark till almost 9 o'clock at night. Well, guess what? It still won't get dark till 8 o'clock at night. And then you get the sun earlier in the morning. I, I, It's the dumbest thing ever, and they want to put a whole package through Congress saying, we're going to go permanent daylight saving time. Hello, they tried it in the 70s. It lasted two years. Let's go back to standard time. End rant. Let's talk flyers. No, I agree with you. Um, maybe that's why they're slumping, because they are getting used to standard time here. Like yeah. they're, uh, It's not the fact that they're not just a fully talented roster that we anticipated, um, but they are just, you know, Getting used to the the sleeping uh, earlier. They're getting used to the standard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting used to Tortorella's standard there? on standard time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I, this was a tough week. I think um, from the outside or for for the you son of a bitch. You had to do it. <laughs> you had to do it. I had to. I had um, to. This was an interesting week. I think from Torts had a lot of praise over the for the for the club, and we're going to talk to Colin about this and just kind of what his thoughts are on after losing a team like uh, losing on to Ottawa, the return of Giroux. Then you then you come back and it's a bounce back game against Dallas uh, on Sunday, and you just kind of you felt like you were in it, but as soon as you gave up that shorthanded goal, that was that, and you never were going to recover. Um, but Torts like the effort, so like I guess it's a good thing. I don't know. I think I think for casual fans, they're gonna just go and say, "Yeah, but you lost." Like as I, I understand what Torts is saying, where you where he doesn't give a literal shit about the the scoreboard. Uh, he just wants to see an effort. Well, yeah, that's fine, but effort only gets you so far. Like. Uh, it, it, 
I disagree with that 100%. Effort is the reason why they're in the position they are right now because they've been outworking teams. That's what it was. You know, if you want to go game by game and break this down, what killed them against uh, Columbus was the turnovers. They just, they left a lot of chances out in front because they could not stop turning the puck over. That's what killed them, okay? You lose a game, you're down 3-2 in that game, honestly, you're pressing, and then they get two empty net goals. So it's closer than it sounds, okay? Torts obviously doesn't show up afterwards on the press conference, which is which is interesting. Um, and then, but afterwards, you know, then you come home and you play against Ottawa, and you you pretty much dominate Ottawa in the first period. And if it weren't for a a bad play that led to a breakaway, and Shabbat scored on a breakaway to tie it up, you know, you were you were having a good shape. And then that game was still one one, and at the end of the second period, then they get a power play goal, and then they lose another and lose off another power play goal. And there, so that's a three one game right there. Cam Talbot plays stands on his head and plays very very good hockey game against the Flyers. So you lose that one, and then against Dallas. You know, you're in that game. That's a 2-1 game, really. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a 3-1 game until they have the shorthanded chance. And then, then take it the shorthanded goal. It's 4-1, and it's tough, and you're going against Jake Ottinger. And Jake Ottinger's a really, really good young goaltender in this league. So you, you hit a snag, but it's it's not like they're playing poorly. It's not like they've made some – what killed them against Dallas was the faceoffs. I mean, with seven minutes to go in the third period, they – they were, Dallas had won 40 faceoffs, and the Flyers only won 12. So, I mean, when you when you don't have – when you don't win faceoffs, you can't control the puck. You can't break out of your zone cleanly. And, and it was a lost faceoff that led to uh, the shorthanded goal. But besides all that, effort is a fact that, yes, they have talent problems because they don't have anything up the middle. They, they just – their center play – Look, God, no disrespect to Kevin Hayes that I said week in, week out. And I know I sound like a broken record, but you're running Kevin Hayes out there as your top-line center. You need a little more support from the wings there. They just don't have enough skill in this roster sometimes, and so you get outclassed by a team that, like Dallas who passes all around you. You got outgrinded by a team because you turned the puck over against, um, uh, what's it called, against Columbus, and Ottawa has a lot of skill, and it was just about time for teams that were on losing streaks to break them, and the Flyers were ripe and prime for it. So... I'm not saying it's you know there's a skill problem, but effort it, effort can get you further. It's just now they have to reset. They're on a three game losing streak. Knowing Tortorella, he'll probably not take it easy on them, but he'll reset them over the next couple days here before they play again um, against Columbus once again on uh, on Tuesday night, and you, you get right back at it. And if you pick up two points there, you're in great shape. I will say, too, I think there was a little bit of, obviously, you had the return of Giroux on Saturday in against Ottawa. I think there was a little bit of revenge factor. And look, I think I think the Giroux stuff isn't a, it's a personal thing for Giroux, but not against the fan base or the organization. It's against Chuck Fletcher. He absolutely despises how Chuck Fletcher handled the situation. His camp thinks he betrayed them. And that's fine. Like, think that. Uh, and then you play Columbus a uh, couple of nights prior, and Johnny Gaudreau flat out said, I want to come to Philadelphia to, after my time in Calgary, and they don't clear cap space. So it was a little bit of like this chip on the shoulder for these guys, like uh, even Dabrinkit. Like if you want to put Dabrinkit in the conversation, because he played pretty well on Saturday as well. Yeah. So like th- these three players that could have been flyers, I think Dabrinkit is, you'll just throw him in there for the sake of my argument, but like, I think these guys had chips on their shoulder. They wanted to put to uh, to just give a little bit of an extra edge against this team, despite the skill set. 
difference that the Flyers have to these players. And then Giroux ends up with three go- uh, three assists. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau comes up with, I think it was two goals and an assist. I, I, he at least had two goals. And Dabrinkit had two goals. So, like, am I panicking after a three-game uh, lo- losing streak? No, but I think this is what the Flyers are going to be for the rest of the season. Like, it's just, it's there's going to be some days, some games where they have good efforts, and there's going to be other games where they have, they just absolutely crap the bed, and Tortorella is going to pick a pl- pick a guy to to sc- give a healthy scratch to, and that's that. Because it's one of these things where if, as long as they're competitive, I guess, they're going to be in it. But... I just think at the end of the day, they're going to be, they'll hit a skill wall and realize that they can't match up with the guy, the the the, the likes of, um, I mean, even Dallas. Like, I, I think Dallas was just a, a better team despite despite the effort. And I think Dallas is a really, really good team. Yeah, Dallas is tied for first in their division, you know, between three teams. I mean, they're they're not, they're they're a good team. They're tied with, um, actually, they might have taken over first place today with, uh, with the points they want today, but they're tied with the Avalanche and the Jets. Um, for uh, for first place, but the other teams had games in hand, so they're they're a good team. They're they're a good team, but but still, and here's there there is, and I see your point because there is a little not cause for concern. It's just something that's like, but this is the ebb and flow of a season. That's a that you didn't understand. Like you expect this team to go all season without losing three in a row. Like you know, goals are hard to come by for them anyway. They have to outwork other teams. You know, they people want to blame it on and say Carter Hart hasn't given the level of goaltending. Well, I mean. Even though he's lost four out of his five last decisions, he's still got a 937 save percentage on the season with a 2.18 goals against average. I mean, he's getting peppered. He's getting peppered. So that's what that that's why you know I think that this team is going to level off and, and they'll be fine. They're going to be have some nights where they're going to have to grind teams out. They're not a skilled team. They're going to have to continue to outwork teams. What you saw out of Tortorella's teams in Columbus is what you're going to get here until they add more skill up front. Now. With that being said, this is the time where the reason and people want to say, "Oh, you got to you got a tank for Connor Bedard." No, like adding a guy like Connor Bedard to your team does it make you better? Yes, but if we're talking about skill in a team that that one player can change everything, then Drysaitel and Connor McDavid have been Leon Drysaitel and Connor McDavid should have won two Stanley Cups by now, but they have not. You know, so it's not about it's about building the team around you and then you add pieces. Like so if there is a superstar available where you can go get him, make sure that guys like Rasmus Ristolainen are playing up to their speed. It's at best of their ability. Travis Sainheim, Tony D'Angelo, Ivan Provorov. You know, you're already getting it out of your goaltender. Work on that defense because I think the last couple of games has been some defensive flaws that's probably just been hurting him more than anything else. So that's that's why I look at it. And that's just ebbs and flows of it. You're gonna have moments where you're gonna play well. You're gonna have moments where you're not gonna play well, and and right now they're just they're not playing poorly. They're they're not playing like oh my god, it wasn't like the shades of last year. It's just that they've had some bad luck, and and the bounces have gone the other way when they shouldn't have. You when you have a, when you the special teams has been killing them. You know when you give up four power play goals in the last two games and a shorthanded goal, I mean, that's that's problematic. So you have to fix that, but you tighten that up with the way they're playing five on five. If you ask me, they're they're fine. You just have to tighten up some of that stuff, and th- and that's where Tortorella comes in, and that's what he'll do, and that's what you know the assistant coaches of Rocky Thompson will do. That they'll they'll come in, they'll get it patched up, and you're back to normal. 
I just I I see I I don't I don't see this I don't see this being a a, a long going thing and it's not going to be like a ten game losing streak. They might break it on Monday or Tuesday. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see ten game losing streaks, multiple ten game losing streaks happening under the like, yeah. uh, the to, the the regime of Tortorella. Like no, he that, won't it, let it happen. It, it wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. He would not let that happen uh, under this. Uh, before we go to Colin Newby, uh, this episode of Orange Backcheck, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Did you bet on Sunday's game between the Vikings and the Buffalo Bills? Because that was an absurd game. I hope you hit the over because that was easy money right now. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Monday night, the Eagles, Philadelphia is a favorite of by 11 points, minus 11, with an over-under of 43.5. I think you take... Those two. I think this is going to be a big over despite that huge line. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to dominate. I think that's an easy one. And they're already favored by nine against the Colts. Multiple, you can do that with DraftKings. You can combine not just the same game parlay, but you can do multiple games across multiple weeks if you're going feeling lucky. Uh, with And that just creates a bigger payout. With bigger payouts, more money in your pocket for you. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if that team wins, only at DraftKings Sportsbook and a for, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for those details. Let's get to Colin Newby. All right, and joining us now once again from the Hockey Writers, it's Colin Newby talking about this early season start for the Flyers. Colin, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, so obviously this this week's been interesting. Uh, they're on a th- uh, little bit of a losing streak here. Um, but overall, you've been down there. You've been talking with the players, talking with Tortorella of all people. What's your 30,000-foot view of, of this early start with the season uh, for the Flyers? Well, I think they got off to that good start, and the main recipe for success there was Carter Hart. I think he was doing an excellent job standing on his head, really surviving the storm of chances that they were giving up regularly. I think in the last couple of games, it hasn't been as bad that way, but they haven't been getting the goaltending, and you're seeing these things kind of even out. Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes said as much today after the loss of the Dallas Stars. They acknowledged that they didn't even really deserve to win some of those games, at the beginning of the year, and that kind of luck doesn't last forever. So that's something that they're just going to have to deal with moving forward. Yeah, and 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 we've seen this before, actually, the last couple of seasons under the previous regimes with Elaine Vigneault of these decent starts for the team, and then it kind of levels off and then just drops off like a, like a cliff. This, honestly, like, there's something different, it feels, for sure, under the, the, the leadership of Tortorella. Uh, I said uh, that this guy was the acquisition of the summer. We were talking about Johnny Hockey and, and Debrinkit and trying to bring those big names in. But at the end of it, 
it was John Tortorella trying to turn this ship around to figure out what they can do. And you're right. Like, they started out hot. They didn't win. They won some games they probably shouldn't have. Um, but it just feels different under the guy, a guy like John Tortorella compared to Air AV, who, like, he just seems to have this, albeit he can be a dick, but, like, he's going to be level-headed and just go with the flow of how he sees the future of this club and just go with it, whether it's good or bad. That's how it's going to be under under the tutelage of Tortorella. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's coming just as advertised. I hear a lot of things come out and people saying, this is what you signed up for. He yep. made things very clear back in the summer that there was going to be a new standard. That was everybody's favorite word, standard. And I think that's what you've seen so far. A couple of guys have gotten benched. You saw Konechny and Hayes take the third period off. Uh, I guess that was about two weeks ago now. Yeah. You've seen Rasmus Ristolainen take a seat for a game. These are NHL veterans that are used to being in the lineup, playing in the most key situations. Tortorella is only going to give that to people who give maximum effort. And if you're not giving maximum effort, then you're not going to play. It's as simple as that. You know, that's the truth. And, you know, Torts kind of alluded to that today. You had a you had a great question uh, and answer with him after uh, after the Dallas game today, which I'm going to play real quick. Uh, check this out. Uh, you talked a lot during the summer about trying to set a new standard around here. Mm-hmm. How do you think the guys have grown to understand that standard so far? Yeah, I, I like the guys. I, I, uh, I'd i be a lot more upset uh, with a loss if I don't think they're trying. And, uh, you know, you can boo us. You can talk shit about us. Uh, I, I will back those guys because they are trying. If it was an effort problem, then it's a different story. So those are the things that I have to coach. Those are the things that I have to be fair about when we're trying to build this team. And uh, I'm very pleased with the effort. I don't give a shit what people think about out here. Colin, I got to give you credit. That's a great question. It, it was seriously a great point you brought to him because, you know, after Tortorella, after a game, he wants to talk about the game. He won't talk about anything else, which we have a little clip of here. We'll get to it in a little bit. But I really appreciate the fact of when you talk to a coach like that, you're you're people are going to look at the score, like you mentioned. Like you know, they lost five to one again against Dallas. It looked lopsided, but the Flyers had over thirty shots on goal. They went against Jake Ottinger on a on a second on a back to back day. They didn't play poorly today. I don't think they played. They had some bad luck. You know, a shorthanded goal, I think, what broke their back in the third period. Uh, but overall, they've played well enough. The bottom six is creating a lot of energy and a lot of chances for this team, even though they don't have a lot of skill up front. So, you know, from your perspective down there, what do you see as far as how this team is growing, you know, being around them in the locker room and everything, as, as Bill was mentioning? What do you see? Where do you see the growth and where do you see the mentality change from this year to the years past? Well, I think, as I said, I think the Tortorella effect is spreading throughout the group. I think they just know that things are going to be different. Um, I know that Tortorella wanted to give credit for the effort over the weekend and especially today. I did think that he was missing a major caveat in saying that holistically, though. Uh, the Flyers went 0 for 9 on the power play in the two home games, and they allowed, I think it was four power play goals and a shorthanded goal. So with that kind of special teams effort, I don't think you can give them too much credit. 
and two losses. So while they did control play pretty well at five on five, uh, they deserve credit for that. But I wouldn't want to get carried away and be satisfied with two games like this where they lost four to one and five to one on consecutive. And, days. and that's a that's a fair point, and I. And I agree with that because the special teams were a problem last year and they're starting to rear their ugly head again. But, you know, Bill and I have talked about this in weeks past, and, you know, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. At 5-on-5, five five, they've been exceptional for the most part. If you ask me, I think they've played well, given the skill level. You know, when you get to 3-on-3, three three, like they did against the Rangers in Carolina, you can clearly see a skill difference. 100% you can. That they just don't have a lot of talent on the roster. But 5-on-5, five five, when they play a full team game, they're able to hang with teams like Dallas, who's one of the better teams in the league. Ottawa, who's got a lot of skill and stuff and you know that. Are you seeing improvements in little parts of that game in their game from that aspect? Or are the mistakes that are still happening overshadowing that? I think progressively in some ways, uh, they're getting better at five on five. As you said, I think the skill disparity is just so great right now that it's hard to make certain judgments. You mentioned the Rangers. I think it was Chris Kreider that scored the goal in overtime. He had a 50-goal season last year. Uh, Brent Burns scored a goal for Carolina in overtime. He's one of the best defensemen of the past decade. You had John Tavares score a hat-trick against them. These are big NHL names, big superstars, and the Flyers just don't have that on their roster. So it's hard for them to just come out and really go with a team five on five, but I think they are taking steps in the right direction, at least. If you're an analytics person, which it seems 50% of the people in this world love them, 50% of the people in this world absolutely hate them, uh, their analytics are improving. They started off very poorly in the last, uh, I'll say, week or so, have gotten a little bit better. So that is a sign of progress with the team. Um and the players in the locker room, especially Scott Lawton, really emphasize that the road trip coming up is going to be very important to tell you where the rest of the season's going to go. Yeah, I, and to your point, you touched on them earlier about the two game, the early games in the season with uh, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny saying they didn't really deserve to win those games. Despite this team not having an official captain, obviously Scott Lawton is the only guy in that locker room with any sort of lettering on the jersey. He has the A. Is Tortorella's, like, obviously Tortorella made it very clear he did not think he saw a captain in this locker room right now heading into this season. But I imagine there's guys prodding their heads out and going, oh, I'll step into this void that Drew has left. I mean, obviously Scott Lawton has, but I feel like other guys out there that we're not really hearing. Is there anyone out there that is stepping up in in the leadership role, but we're not really hearing, or is it kind of pretty standard in terms of who were the usual suspects of who's stepping in? Um, I think Kevin Hayes has been kind of a fascinating figure since he got to Philadelphia. Uh, he's a player that has this kind of big personality. Uh, he's just like a center of attention type. He's almost like a frat boy, I think, just like a attention type of guy in the center of the room. I always got that impression of him. And I think he is, even if he's not the leader, if he doesn't have a captaincy on his chest, he's just an influential person in general. And right now he's being counted on as the first-line center because of uh, Sean Couturier's injury. 
but I think Kevin Hayes just kind of naturally has that effect in a lot of settings that he's in, whether the team calls him a leader or not. Yeah, he's certainly that, as you said, that frat boy. I mean, he's attached to Barstool Sports. He's friends with, I think, Dave Portnoy Portnoy directly. Like, it makes sense that he would be that kind of frat bro, just kind of rolling with it and just (laughs) just see what happens here uh, with with all the rest of the pledges, or I guess, with the rest of the roster. I I, I guess, you know, Colin, I got a question for you, you know. Can you kind of take us behind the scenes a little bit? You know, they opened the locker rooms this year. And for those that don't know, you know, when we were in the press box, you know, for games last season, you get ushered down to the uh, um, uh, the open area. You watch the press conference. You ask questions directly. It seems a lot more different. There's a lot of more roaming around in the locker room. Take us behind the scenes. How's that been different for you? And how's it been different to developing a rapport with the players to get this type of information? It is a little bit easier. I think it's just more more normalcy drilled into it. Um, I think off the top of my head, I would say Travis Konechny and Wade Allison are two guys that seem to have a little bit of personality. And you get that in some ways when you're not in the locker room, but not in other ways. And those are two guys that I've enjoyed talking to. Wade Allison, he's a little bit intimidating. Uh, He's He's all tatted up. He's a pretty intense guy, uh, but I, I like to, I like to know that I can get an impression from somebody and not just have the doldrums. Uh, as you were saying, sometimes when somebody just walks out, sits at a podium, and says things, it's not as good as the real experience. And we're working towards that. I guess it's only been fifteen games, uh, but we're working back to normalcy and. God willing, no worldwide pandemics yeah, will shut yeah. us down anytime soon. Has there been an update on his injury, by the way? Uh, Charlie O'Connor said this afternoon that it was not long-term. He didn't put any kind of timetable. Uh, he spoke of good news, not long-term, but I'm sure the team will release something within the next day or uh, two. I, would I bet that. it's going to say lower body injury, right? <laughs> I don't understand why they do that either anymore. I mean, a lot of teams around the league, I know some of them do, but many of them don't do that anymore. But the Flyers just can't seem to can't get rid of that label. I can never understand why. Maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> well, I think it's because it, it looked like a weird type of it almost at first the way he went into the into the boards or into the into the player. It, uh, it was kind of a hip thing, but then it was it, but. I, like a like a almost like almost a knee but he's had so many injuries in the past like it's just mildly concerning even if it's short term I think there's gonna be a small voice in the back of my head just going it's another injury for a guy like Wade Allison who's young and you're anticipating a lot of big things from him who's not developing to the level you anticipated because he's been injured and not in the league getting as many reps in the in the NHL but if COC is saying that it's good news then I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm always hesitant these days with with the flyers and injuries, especially after the the Couturier stuff with the back and then a second surgery, and you, now it's uncertain if he's ever going to play in this for this upcoming season or this current season. Definitely, it's hard to give the Flyers the benefit of the doubt. Uh, as terrible as that sounds, with something that's largely out of your control with injuries, uh, but that's the point that we're at and. Wade Allison, yes, he is a younger player. As you said, he has, he doesn't have that much experience, but he is 25. 
I've said this about Tanner Lazinski too. Uh, he seems younger than he is because he's missed time and he hasn't really gotten a chance to get his footing under him as an NHL player. But just in terms of age, they're not that young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and my last question for you before we let you go, like, is it how are the crowd, the home crowds been? Obviously, we talked, we heard Tortorella talk about today the booing and and in when you're giving up a shorthanded goal that kind of broke your back in this game against Dallas. Um, are they cautiously optimistic or is it like just put up or shut up and we'll come into the crowd similar to what you saw uh for the Phillies in October like there was no really no one really buying into this team in the middle of September then once red October happened everyone bought in I think you're going to see something similar I was talking we've talked about this for the last couple weeks like I don't think fans are really going to flock back to the Wells Fargo Center for the Flyers until April when you're playing in, in 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 the NHL playoffs I think that's the case that they have to deal with because that's the the grave they dug. I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, I I don't think the crowds have been as dead as last year. The second half of last year was like a ghost town in there. Um, But there's been, it's still early in the season. So two of the games are the home opener and the Claude Giroux homecoming yesterday. So those are two draws um, just two novelties that are going to bring people in. Um, so early in the season, I guess there's not as much of a pulse as maybe, like you said, in April, if they're still fighting for a playoff spot, you're going to see how the town really feels about them. I don't know if anybody's really buying in yet. I think it's just everything <laughs> was so Scott. negative in the off season. Scott will be the leader. Scott will be Let the leader. Actually, you know what? I, I noticed this in the preseason. The, I, I attended the last game against the Rangers. And have they drummed down the gritty appearances? Like, I feel like they're really learned their lesson. And they've made, and I, we haven't been to a game, so maybe I'm wrong. But it feels like they're, like, toning down the gritty appearance for this organization because of the sour taste he's starting to uh, sour to it's starting to feel throughout this fan base. And I think it's a good thing if they are, I hope they are honestly. I think he, he still does that pregame thing where he goes out and like cracks the ice. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's still running around the crowd and stuff. Um, I don't know. I guess I haven't really measured gritty's involvement. Um, but I've always said, let the mascot be the mascot, let the team be the team. That's more my mindset on the gritty thing. I understand other people have been upset about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you yeah. mentioned the team be the team. We, we've, I know we've talked towards already earlier. We've talked a lot about it. You know, us as a podcast, we've mentioned towards a lot. You know, I, it, I'll say this is that I've always appreciated John Tortorella's mindset, and now the fans get to see it up close and personal. You know, from, you know, like, for instance, your great question that you had today, you know, from overall of how he talks about the team. Like, I, I'll be honest, I, I used to coach hockey, you know, and then I had kids. Uh, so I'm on hiatus until they get old enough to play. But the idea was it's still the same mindset and everything that he says. I'm just like, man, this guy just gets it. Like, yes, he's a pro coach, but it's not like a Mike Yo type deal. No disrespect to Mike Yo, where he goes into detail. And, yeah, we need to work through this stuff. Tortorella wears his heart on his sleeve. And yesterday, I know he was happy about how they played because a good coach know, can, can praise a team when they lose and rip a team when they win. And he said as much, you know, 
He didn't show up for the press conference. He said before uh, the game against Columbus that they were inconsistent. That's how they started. And then he didn't show up for the press conference, which he was asked about. And he was they, they was told the beat writers, none of your business. But there's also this side of torts, which we need to prepare for as well. Elaborate on what you did, Mike. No, I'm not going to get into a list. You go back to quartered more or will you stay with Fields? I'm not talking about the Sam, you, you know I'm not going to tell you the goalies, right? You know, I, I love the personality. I love that. Let me ask you one final question about Torts. How intimidating is it to pose a question sometimes to him? Because it seems like that when he's not in the mood, like he was yesterday against Ottawa, he's just going to jump down your throat. Everything was a one word. Even your question about Rasmussen, he had one word answer for it. How intimidating is it sometimes to just be like, should I ask the question? Should I ask the question? You know, don't want to be that guy getting blown up on. Tell, tell, from your perspective, how 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 different is it covering a coach like Tortorella as opposed to like Mike Yo, Aline Vigneault, anybody else? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely firing off yesterday. He just didn't really have time for much of anything. Um, I guess as media, if you see that, you still kind of have to do your job as normal, which is what I tried to do. He didn't really say anything about Rasmus versus the line, and he kind of cut me off and was like, he was okay. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he's, he's not a big guy. I guess before I ever saw him in person, I did not realize he was that small. Um, so he's not intimidating in terms of stature, but definitely in terms of attitude. Um, I guess that's something you just have to go with. We, we better hope. I, get, tor- I used to get nervous saying things to Mike Yo, and he's – He's like one of the most easygoing hockey coaches that you'll ever see. So, yeah, I'm certainly nervous talking to John Tortorella. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Tortorella is not a listener to the pod because now he's going to be like that damn yeah. Colin newbie. <laughs> he's going to call you out. I get one more question about Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Now, you look, it, it, seriously, Colin, you know, we – you know, it's one thing where, you know, we haven't been I got, had the opportunity to get down there, but, you know, I make sure I pay attention to every press conference he does, and I've heard a lot of good questions out of you this season, seriously. So, seriously, keep up the great work. You, you get a lot of great answers out of towards, so keep firing, man. Keep firing. Yeah. Devin, you guys keep up the great work on the podcast, especially with the voice of positivity. I, I want to believe. I want, I want team to. Team is still a playoff team. We They're all a playoff do. team. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, I'm not jumping off my bandwagon, man. No way. I made that prediction in <laughs> August. I'm not changing it. I'm not changing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Colin, thank you so much. Good luck. Check him out at Colin, uh, Colin on Twitter, Colin Newby on Twitter, at to New Beginnings, uh, and you have all your new stuff on thehockeywriters.com. Colin, until next time, we'll catch you around. Thanks, guys. See you later. Our thanks to Colin. As always, check his work out on The Hockey Writers and on Twitter at to New Beginnings, N-E-W-B-Y, Innings. Creative handle. I've always said that, that he is. Yeah, a- I agree. Agree. Two New Beginnings. Very, very clever. Very, very clever. As I was say, before, before I know before we roll, I'm, I'm looking over the schedule here, man. Like, December's a wild month for them. They really, you know, and I, and I, I see why you have concern. I just think that that, you know, they have a three-game road trip coming up. And then, but December, man, there, I mean, they, in December as a whole, they have one, two, three, four, five, six games at home. The rest are on the rest of the eight are on the road. So like they, they have, and they're, they're straight through. It's like, for instance, which I don't get this. So they're going 
from December 9th, 11th, 13th, and 15th, they play Vegas, Arizona, Colorado, then they play at the Devils, then they play at the home against the Rangers, and then the Jackets right before the holidays, and then they go to Carolina, I'm sorry, they go to Toronto, Carolina, San Jose, Los Angeles, and Anaheim, and they don't come back home until January 5th against Arizona, so you get all those Western Coast swings out of the way. That's that that is what as a Flyers fan, what you want to keep your eye on. Not if they win or lose, but how well they play when they're on the road for that long. When they're on the road for a week and then again for another ten days right after the holidays for the most part. They'll come home for the holidays, I'm sure. But then they go to the twenty ninth or thirty first, January second, all that that year annual West Coast swing. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of games. That's nine games in a month that you're going to be on the road on road trips, not and, just away. And historically, that is a tough road trip for them. Like, oh, yeah. results wise, yeah. like Absolutely. it's never usually a good, uh, a good end result. They usually end up below 500 or the not converting even 50% of those points. But again, like I, like I was telling Colin, like, I think there's just a different feel for like, we talked about. Over the last three seasons or so, they've gone on these good starts, six and two and two, seven and one and one, whatever the kit number is. And then they level off and you just fall off a cliff and that's the end of it. And they then you're just battling for the whatever the best pick is in, in that draft. Uh, this just feels different because I think Tortorella has command of that locker room. They clearly have respect for the guy and you just, you know can want to fight for him. I mean, and that's really what it comes down to. That I don't think they wanted to battle at the end of it for av towards the end of the season or towards uh the end of his tenure and then i think he got a little bit out of mike yo but you had to go outside and tortorello was there obviously he was working where was he tnt i can't remember if he was at tnt or espn but either way espn yeah so you're just kind of like all right he's there let's see if he wants to come into the into the room and look is tortorello the first choice i wanted no i i think there were a couple of options that I would have preferred. But he's here, so I got to buy into a system, and I'm into it at this point. Like, I, I think that's... You're stuck with what the bed you made, and and it's working out so far, but... I don't understand. I, here's what I don't get, though. Like, yeah, f- first choice, what else would you want? Like, you see the way he talks to people. He wears his heart on the sleeve. Like... Yeah, he's a Boston guy, but he 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 gets the culture of Philadelphia, I, I believe. Like he knows how people are gonna take it. And he the fact that he just is loose slipped through his press conferences and just says whatever the hell he wants and doesn't hide from behind anything, that's very refreshing. And I you know, I like the fact that he has an edge in the press conferences and you know like when he went off on Sam Carcini yesterday. Yeah. Like, we are Sam, dangerous. I'm not tell you about the, 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 when you said Jesus Christ at the end of it, I'm yeah. sorry. To me, I'm like, I love that. That's 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 just real. That's just we, that's it's authentic. That's the word I, will, I was. It's I will authentic. say, uh shout out to I think it was Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad. They early in the season, or before the season, I think it was, they set fake money lines for who is the first reporter to be chewed out and spit on by not literally spit on i shouldn't say it like that but chewed out by john torella and minus like a million figure like facetiously was sam karshidi i think we are almost to that point i, th- and, I think and, it happened yesterday it basically did but we're talking about that patented like 
John Tortorella just going on a two minute rant of like how that reporter sucks. There's a dumb question. Like, I think we're dangerously close to that point. And Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad made a point. No, I, I think yesterday happened because, you know, Sam asked, and we don't have this audio. Sorry. Sam asked uh, Torts, you know, why he didn't show up for the press conference after the Columbus game. Yeah, on Saturday. And he told him, or, uh, the, the, none of you. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he goes, none of your business. Ask me a question about the game. Actually, he went, like, ask me a question about the game. And that, that to me, it's like, you, you, if you know, if you've seen enough of Tortorella, don't bring up that stuff. Like last week, I think it was, it might have been Sam, actually. I think it I'm was Sam. You, it's Sam. Sam's product poking the bear, and he's going to get the full bore of the bear at any any given time. And look, 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 look. He's just doing his job. Like Colin said, it's intimidating. He's just, he's got to fight through, and you got you to gotta ask his questions. But here's what cracks me up, because I think it was, they were talking something with the veterans, and he asked him if his son was still, you know, in the army. And he's like, I'm not going to talk about my son. I just cut him off at the knees. And, you know, it, the the answers are a little shorter. If you listen to this again, like, you know, his he was already short yesterday. But listen to this again. Elaborate on what you did, Mike. No, I'm not going to get into a list. You go back to quartered more or will you stay with Fuel? I'm not talking about the Sam, you, you know I'm not going to tell you the goalies, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's hilarious, but like, it, it's a sense of frustration. And here's here's the people don't understand Tortorella's perspective on this. He's frustrated because it's like, dude, why are you asking me this now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just lost the game. We should have won. And I'm frustrated to begin with. I'm frustrated for them. You know, we should have won. The- You're pissed off. Why are you asking me about tomorrow? I don't care. Ask me about the game that happened today. And he didn't really feel like doing it. He just did the quick things. And that's going to happen every once in a while. Look, <laughs> there's going to be a game. Where he's going to come out, guaranteed, whenever it happens, where the Flyers just from start to finish just have a terrible game and it just doesn't work out. It will happen. There's 82 games in a season. It will happen at least once. Where he's going to come out for a press conference and guess what he's going to do? He's going to say, I'm not taking any questions. We did what we did. We played terrible. We're just scratching off, moving on, not talking about it. And he's gone. And that's going to be it. And some people are going to be pissed off over that. But... I respect it. I respect the hell out of that, and so should you for this reason, is that when a game is that bad, that's just not a way to – it's a way to shrug it off and say, you know what, it's done and over with. We're just moving on to the next one. I don't even want to look at the tape. We're going to burn it, all that stuff. We're just going to move on. You need that. You need that because you're trying to build something positive and focusing on one game. I can go back to a specific one back in the 1920 season when the Flyers lost 7-1 against Pittsburgh. And everybody's freaking out like, oh, my God. Like, it was early in the season. Everybody's like, oh, my God. This game was terrible. You know, this team sucks. It's all this stuff. And guess what? They turned on the Jets after that and started playing better. And the point what I'm trying to make is that you can't take one game like that, just one game where everything goes against you and happens. You just have to shrug it off and move on to the next one. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And that'll happen once or twice. And we'll see that probably some point this season guaranteed yeah all right that is gonna do it episode 130 of orange and back check our thanks again to colin newby of the hockey writers for joining us to spend a few minutes talking about the season so far uh what the reaction has been uh in the locker room under the likes of john torella and what we go where we're gonna go from here uh check his work out at thehockeywriters.com shoot us an email uh at the at orange and back check at gmail.com and make sure you Rate us five stars wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever the good stuff. Until next week, we will talk to you 
next time. Hey, I can still hear you through the damn wall. Will you go on the other side, please? Nobody wants to hear you on the podcast. <laughs>